radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is, no, no, that's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I've all either. Up. They're just too numerous. <laughs> because we're not sick of it yet, this is Table Talk Radio. That's a, that's about right, but I'm not sure how accurate it is. What, you're sick of Maybe it? Maybe we're sick of it, but we're not disgusted. We're at a, kind of a moderate level. We're not good enough at disgusting ourselves to be disgusted. Yeah, pressing on through the disgust. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Enduring. <laughs> a testament of endurance. Table Talk Radio. <laughs> well, in today's edition, we have a little page for points. Oh, Remember yeah, that game we played yeah. like twice before in Table Talk Radio history? Yeah, and we said, oh, let's never do that again. <laughs> yep, doing that again. Yep. And then uh, name that church body. I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm a little confused because if I'm not mistaken, you did all the show prep today. Y- yeah. What gives? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Think a burst of creativity. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll start off with the buzzword then since you're doing all the heavy lifting today. <laughs> yep. Give you a few seconds to scramble for one. Hey, I got one. Really? It's hilarious. Well, from the pirate lexicon, I have the word for you, liturgy. Oh, nice. And uh, piratechristian.com defines liturgy in the narrow sense. Liturgy means the order of service for the celebration of Holy Communion. In the wider sense, the term means the whole system of formal worship. A liturgical church service uses a lectionary and has a written order of service with an emphasis on word and sacrament. Yeah, I like that kind of. And you've been you know all about this because you're doing the uh, liturgical uh, uh, boot camp. How many privates do you have there in your boot camp? Uh, that that liturgical boot camp is way over, man. It finished last week, which means when people are listening to it, it finished two years ago. Okay. So apparently, no yeah. one no one graduated. <laughs> get, get my get my joke there because of how long it takes. Yeah. I see. This is why my my hilarious. Buzzword is epiphany. I'll think it's funny in two years. <laughs> epiphany is the season of the church. Epiphany means to appear or show up. It's the season of the church year uh, where we celebrate the manifestation of Jesus, especially among the Gentiles. Now, the reason why it's so funny is because today is Advent, and then there's Christmas, and then there's the season of Epiphany. But I'm just guessing that by the time this show is posted, Epiphany is going to be a particularly relevant buzzword. This is Pastor Wolfmuller from the future. You gotta shoot. You gotta calculate the wind when you're shooting uh, for buzzwords. <laughs> in this. That's right. All right. Well, uh, you have a new spin on how we play page for points. I mean, usually 
we try to make the names of the game self-explanatory, but there's a little bit of a twist. Yeah, that's right. So here's the idea. You give me a page number. I'll give you a page number. Then you, we'll read a sentence from that page of a particular book. We will announce what the book is. And then after one sentence, you get a guess at the topic that you're talking about. And if you get it right after one sentence, it's 500 points. If you need another sentence, it's 400 points. Another sentence, 300, 200 100. So you gotta, you gotta see if you need more sentences before you guess. Now, one guess, I think you can get one miss, and then you can try a second guess. Oh, see. you only gotta pull the trigger twice then, huh? Twice, yeah, because otherwise this game would drag on forever. And <laughs> okay. And I'm reading from the, I'm reading from the large catechism, so you gotta guess what part of the catechism it is. I'm reading from the, uh, everyone's Luther version of the uh, large catechism here what's the page range on that book one to 188 okay and i have the book for you from the concordia commentary um on matthew from uh jeffrey gibbs and this is chapters one through ten and your page range is let's see uh 547 now you we could be punks about this like you could just pick the last page and then you know what it's actually talking about so could i I could pick the first page and i know what verse it's you know see so you got to go for the middle you got to be a good sport about this okay (laughs) all right then i'm gonna go for page 83 all right page 83 do you have any pictures in that book no way man it's for serious theologians god therefore would have it prohibited that anyone speak evil of another even though he be guilty and the latter know it right well, much less if he do not know does not know it and have it only from hearsay. I'm gonna guess for yeah, like you're going for it. One verse. Points, that this I mean, one is sentence on the eighth commandment. You are right. Oh man, catech- this, large catechism. This is the shocking thing. Oh, so boy. that that Luther teaches us that the uh, eighth commandment is about uh, hiding one another's sins, so to speak. Um, so that I mean, we we always uh, boil down the eighth commandment to be about truth telling, and uh, there's an element of that too. I mean, we ought to tell the truth, but um, we also, um, even though our our neighbor's sins might be true, it's not given to us under the eighth commandment to go broadcast it uh, to those who have no business knowing it. Um, I mean, if, if your neighbor commits a crime, then you can call the police. This kind of a thing. Um, but you don't go uh, telling other people about the sins that your neighbor has committed in private. So that's a that's an interesting twist. That well, it's not really a twist, but it's a interesting explanation that Luther delivers to us in large catechism. Yep, it's fantastic. All right, so five hundred points. Yeah, ooh, man, ooh, ooh. that's pretty good. Catechism. All right, might <laughs> I? Let's see how much this is going to be tougher. I'm going to go for page two hundred and one. Now, I've got to guess what verse this is talking about. Do I have to do chapter and verse? Can I do section? Yeah, I'll give you a section. Okay. Ooh, you, you, you missed a table by one page. Oh, man. Um, table would have been great. Uh, this is going to be interesting. This is in the, tr- the textual notes section. Um, do you just pick any sentence, or do you go from the top? Or I picked any sentence. I okay. picked a nice one to read, obviously. <laughs> I mean, they're all nice, I guess, in the Lord's Catechism, really. Greatest theological thing written outside the Bible. Um, you know, I'm going to go to the nearest commentary section because this, oh, th- this would be really? impossible. This oh, would be impossible. Should... <laughs> uh, to read or for me to guess? For you to guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Here, here's the, the nearest commentary section. Jesus emerges victorious from his battle in the desert with Satan. What does Matthew mention next? That's the first sentence. Huh, that's interesting. So I think this is going to be right after the temptation of Jesus. So it goes baptism, then temptation, then Jesus into the ministry, into his preaching ministry. Um, he does, In fact, not into the preaching. So we have the baptism of Jesus in Matthew 3. I think the end of Matthew 3. Now, what I can't remember is that if the temptation comes at the end of chapter 3 or the beginning of chapter 4. And then you, there's a number of miracles and calling of disciples is what comes next. And then Jesus preaches. That's Sermon on the Mount. That starts in Matthew 5. So that there's a transition in, in Matthew 4. I think it has the, I th- uh, the calling of the disciples might come. The calling of the disciples might come. Later than that, I think, it would, I think this is around Matthew 4. I'm going to go for one more sentence, though. Uh, okay, so what, what does uh, Matthew mention next? It says, um, the arrest of John, God's end-time voice in the desert. Hmm. Hmm. I, 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 now, this is a good point. So it's Jesus. it's when Jesus realizes that John is arrested, he's now really going to take the lead. There's this this kind of parallel activity between what happens with Jesus, what happens with John. Um, G- John preaches, Jesus preaches. John baptized, Jesus baptized. John says repent, Jesus says repent. Then John goes to prison. Jesus knows he's going to go to prison. John dies. Jesus know he knows he's going to die. So Jesus sees in John really the forerunner in a lot of different ways. I think this is the beginning of uh, chapter 4. So I'm going to say, what is Matthew chapter 4, verse 1? Uh, no. Oh. You gotta be kidding. What is it? Oh, you aren't gonna do it your second guess? Oh, 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 yeah, okay, well, give me another sentence then. Okay. That's right, I forgot, we did. Um, let's see, you gotta find the right page. I got so into this, started reading while you were talking about nothing. Um, the news is not a complete surprise to Matthew's readers and hearers, for they already know at least the gospel's basic message as the... Um, paralytic mention of of Judas as the one who betrayed him in 10-4 shows. Now, you cut out for a while there while you were reading oh, that. Sorry. Let me just read can it. You, can, uh, okay. This news, that is um, the news of, of uh, uh, God's end-time voice in the desert, this news is not a complete surprise to Matthew's readers and hearers, for they already know at least the gospel's basic pa- uh, message as the um, uh, pro uh, the prolific mention of of Judas's as the one who betrayed him in ten four shows. Well, okay. Well, we lost you for a second. But t- tell you what, we need to take a break yeah. anyway, and then uh, we'll be right back. And uh, I'll get your guess on the other side of this and see if you can score. Um, let's see, you get minus one, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at 300 points now. Is there a penalty for taking a second guess? No way, man. All right. Not for me. Listen to Table Talk Radio. We're right back.
That's it. We can do no other. Table Talk Radio. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. So far, I'm liking this new... This isn't karaoke hour. Might as well. So far, I'm liking the new rules that page for points. Yeah. (laughs) Where you lose... You were winning. You were definitely winning. (laughs) All right, so you have 300 on the table, but you're looking to ask for another verse to to reduce it to 200? Uh, Yep. I'm going to go one more verse before I guess a second time. Okay. Uh, Matthew is not written for naive readers who are hearing of Jesus and his work for the first time. Mm. Man, I... That doesn't help me much. Yeah, this is tough because cause all, everything so far is just kind of leading up to the commentary. Uh, it's kind of, And it's kind of all over the place, too. I, I think I'm in the right neighbor. I mean, I think it's after the temptation, which maybe that's at the... Be- I mean, I think that section, I know that the baptism of Jesus is in John is Matthew 3. I know that the Sermon on the Mount starts in Matthew 5. I, it's got to be there in Matthew 4 somewhere in these kind of miracles and calling of the disciples. Can I say that? No, 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 because it mentioned that the calling of the disciples in the list, Judas is listed as the one who betrays Jesus, and that doesn't come till Matthew chapter 10. Um, but this can't be that late, especially if the commentary is only goes to Matthew chapter 10. Um. Ah, uh, maybe so. Maybe it's the end of chapter three, or maybe it's further on in chapter four. Uh, but it's a whole section, so it's got to be a whole pericope. So if one isn't there, uh, okay. What? So I'm gonna. I gotta guess. So what? What is the? Hmm. Why do you always put it in the form of a question? Mm, just in case <laughs> we accidentally were playing Jeopardy, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> What is Matthew chapter three? The end of the end of Matthew chapter three. What is it? You have a big goose egg for your points. Uh, This is later in four, uh, 12 through 16. So the temptations of Jesus are at the beginning of four. And then after the temptations, uh, he goes out and he um, uh, is like you said, he picks up where John left off. You hear the news right after the temptation of Jesus. Uh, Jesus gets the news that John has been arrested, and then this is where he goes out and he preaches. Um, the people that were sitting in darkness saw a great light. For the ones who were sitting in the region uh, in the shadow of death, a rise rose for them. A light rose for them. Man, okay. Well, there you go. All right, so so far you have, you have zero. I have 500. Let's play again, shall we? I'm going to go yeah, for go. page number 119. Okay, on that page is a sentence like this. Uh, Against such thoughts, I say, we should regard this commandment and turn to God that we may not, by such disobedience, excite his anger still more. Ooh, now see, this could apply to any of the commandments. Um Hmm. All right, so I'm going to go for a second second sentence. 
For by this commandment, he gives us plainly to understand that he will not cast us from him or chase us away, although we are sinners, but rather draw us to himself so that we might humble ourselves before him, bewail this misery and plight of ours, and pray for grace and help. What did I say? 119? Mm-hmm. See, I would say, if I, if I didn't know otherwise, I would say this is probably either the first commandment or the third commandment, because it talks about, I mean, this uh, commandment that is keeping us uh, close to him, so to speak, that we, um, uh, that, that he, he, I mean, this is the interesting thing about the commandments is that they uh, serve as sort of uh, boundaries for our good. Um, so that God wants us to have the the gift of a of a of marriage, and so He builds the boundaries of the sixth commandment, and He wants us to have the gift of life, and builds the boundaries of the fifth commandment. And so, under that kind of way of thinking, I'm thinking this is sounding like the first or third commandment. But just going by where the page numbers were, um, it can't possibly be that because what I do last time eighty something, and now I'm doing one nineteen, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm, so. Last time it was the eighth commandment. So this has to be either still the eighth commandment, or the ninth commandment, or the tenth commandment. Hmm. I'm gonna go since since I'm in a commanding lead. I'm gonna feel comfortable by giving up another hundred points by asking for a third sentence. Therefore, we read in the scriptures that he is angry, also with those who were smitten for their sin, because they did not return to him, and by their prayers assuage his wrath and seek his grace. Hmm. Boy, this doesn't fit with eight, nine, or ten. I mean, in at least the way that I'm thinking. Um, boy, you must have really large font in this book of yours, <laughs> because I'm going to guess we're still talking about the eighth commandment. You lose 300 points. Minus... Whoa, 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 whoa. We never said you lose those many well, points. I don't know. The rules are still taking shit. <laughs> well, this could be, I guess, the summary of the commandments. Is that what? Oh, no, that wouldn't make sense. I'm taking it as a guess. No, no, no. No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, okay, fine. No, okay, I'm going to issue my, my second guess without uh, hearing another sentence because just by the process of elimination. Uh, this is a commentary on the 10th commandment. <laughs> it's in fact a little mini commentary on the second commandment that occurs in the introduction to the Lord's Prayer. Where Luther's talking about the command, the promise, the need, and the words of prayer. The fourfold introduction to the Lord's Prayer. Boy, when you, when you started reading about the commandment, that threw me. And I was just in the category of the 10 commandments and nothing else. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. All right, whatever makes you feel better. Your turn. This is a pure genius, by the way, the way Luther introduces the Lord's Prayer. He says, we're commanded to pray. That's second commandment. We're, we have the promises of prayer. Chiefly, Psalm 50, verse 15, call to me in the day of trouble, I will answer you and deliver you. And um, and also the ask, knock, and seek. Those are the the promises, chief promises of prayer in the Scripture. And then the need for prayer. We need all these things that God has uh, said he'd give us. And that God gives us the words to pray. And then Luther goes on to then explicate the the words the petitions of the lord's prayer just absolutely it's absolutely i don't know i've never read anything even come close to the beauty of luther on the large catechism 
uh, regarding prayer. Just the best. Well, let's take a check at the scoreboard. The score <laughs> is currently 500 to zero. Just you wait. Okay, uh, I'm going to say page, mm, ha, 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 page 303. 303. Okay, right in the middle of a commentary. So, uh, your first sentence is this. If Jesus' disciples will err, let it be on the side of not retaliating, of yielding, of giving, or of being taken advantage of. Can you read it again, please? If Jesus' disciples will err, let it be on the side of not retaliating, of yielding, of giving, of being taken advantage of. Okay, I think this is going to be commentary on the verse, turn the other cheek. Uh, if, you're, if your neighbor asks for you to go a mile, go a second mile. If they ask for your cloak, give them your tunic. Do not return evil for evil, but evil for good. Love your enemy, says Jesus. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you, um, and so forth. Now, that is in the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Uh, but I never have had the outline of the Sermon on the Mount really clear in my head. In fact, I always mess up where the Lord's Prayer is, even. I always, I always think it's chapter 6, but it's chapter 7, or vice versa. I can never keep that whole thing straight. Now, it's pretty early, though, in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, You have heard it said, you shall not murder. I say to you, love your enemy. And that's going to be this, this text. Do I have to, can I just say the text, the section where Jesus is talking about, You've heard it say, you shall not murder, but I say to you, Love your enemy? Is that specific enough, or do I have to actually say what verses it is? Um, because we're coming off of St. Nicholas Day, and I'm feeling so generous and loving, I will let that be enough. Okay, that's what I'm going to say then. You are right. Yeah, this yes. is eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but rather turn the other cheek. Yeah. What verses? It's chapter 5, is it? Yeah, chapter 5, 38 through 42. Yep, there you go. So wow, you're you're on the board with 500 points. What do you mean on the board? I've t- it's all tied up. Yeah, that's true. But you're on the board now for the first time. Also, uh, <laughs> now see now. Okay, so I want you to talk about this in one minute. Uh, contrast this against the pacifists who say we shouldn't ever um, act in violence and no soldiers and anything like that. Yeah, Jesus is not establishing a new state. He's talking about how it is for a Christian. So. Um, you know, the government can't, you know, the judge can't do this. Otherwise, there would be chaos. So Jesus is speaking especially to the estate of the church and not to the state of the state. Uh, he's not giving rules for jurisprudence. He's giving rules for the Christian life. So the Christian is not given the office of vengeance or the office of anger, but rather the office of suffering. And that's what's being outlined here uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Ah, well done. Well, uh, we have just about 30 seconds left. It's a great time to tell you about our toll-free number. You can call in 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. We can hear from you. Comments or questions are accepted on that line. You can also send us an email. Email address is questions at tabletalkradio.org, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Are we going to play another round of this? Oh, yeah, man. We gotta, someone's got to win. All right. So no ties like in the NFL. We're going to find a winner uh, sudden death now. <laughs> Whoever scores next wins. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> It'll be my turn. We get back. We're playing page for points. And then uh, after that, we're going to be playing uh, Name That Church Body. I got one on the website. Well, you got one from a book? Uh, yeah. I got the uh, Encyclopedia of Cults and World Religions. All right. Still using books over here at Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back just after this. 
you shouldn't listen to table talk radio. Reverse psychology? Or is it? I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. All right, we're playing overtime for page for points. We'll do it NFL style where uh, both both sides of the team get a chance at the ball. If you score, t- how about this? If you score a touchdown, that is, if you guess <laughs> with one sentence, then it ends overtime. But if you have to kick a field goal, go down to the fourth to four hundred points. Then I also get a chance. How about that? All right, I'll take that. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go f- with page number. Uh, let's say 147, page 147. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, brother. (laughs) Oh, man. I really like this book, by the way. It's laid out really nice. I'm just kidding. I don't have it. (laughs) Oh, I don't think a single sentence is not going (laughs) to... I'm I'm doing the victory dance already. Uh. Oh man, there's not a single sentence. It's not. I just got to be careful. Away. I don't spike it on the one one yard line. Oh, here I found a sentence. For how it is to be maintained and defended against heretics and sects, we will commend to the learned. <laughs> <laughs> found one. Yeah, that's the only sentence that doesn't give it away in this. Okay, I'll take a second one then. All right. In the first place, we must above all things know very well the words upon which baptism is founded and to which everything refers that is to be said on the subject, namely, where our, the Lord Christ speaks in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm really comfortable taking a field goal because I have great confidence in my defense. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this sounds like it's dealing in some way or another... <laughs> About the chief article, or the sorry, the uh, the the chief part of the sacrament of holy baptism. Yes, you're right. Baptism, the introduction of baptism. My goodness, every sentence talks it has the word baptism here. All right, so nine hundred to five hundred, you can oh, pull boy. out the win by getting the guess on the first try, or if you need a second, uh, a second uh, sentence, we're gonna have to go another overtime. Yeah, so this will be easy. I'm gonna I'll get a first sentence, no problem. Uh, like we did page 200, page 200. Let's do page 405. 405. You like the uh, the low numbers in each hundreds column. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's part of my strategy. All right. <laughs> I could give a real hard one, but I won't. I won't be that mean. <laughs> Thanks. Like me, I was, you know, kind, generous. Okay, I'll give you... I'll give you two sentences because the first one's just kind of a throwaway. See how generous I'm being? Yes, I do. All right. Yet the events narrated by Matthew are only the beginning. That's where I could have stopped, but I'm not. Um, Even as irresistible divine power attends the ministry of Jesus, the fact remains that only some were healed, only some were rescued from Satan, and only a few were raised from the dead during his ministry. Oh. 
Read the just the first couple of phrases of that first sentence. Uh, yet the events narrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The events. What happened? So you know, after that. Okay, I'll just read the whole thing again. Yet the events narrated by Matthew are only the beginning. Even as uh, irresistible divine power attends the ministry of Jesus, the fact remains that only some were healed, and so on. That's so interesting. It's so so the divinity of Jesus is manifest, and yet it is not. He, he doesn't. You know, Jesus' first coming does not bring the resurrection. It's only a partial restoration, which is true, you know. Not all the dead are raised. Not all the sick are healed. It's just um, partially happens. Uh, what could be talking about that? I think... Mm, ah, mm. Now, hmm, hmm, hmm. I... Uh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> What's going on over there? <laughs> I'm just thinking. I, so the structure of Matthew... Here's the interesting thing about Matthew. So you have the introduction, and then you have... You have these five sections that go through the middle of Matthew, where you have a sermon, you have Jesus' actions, and then you have Jesus preaching. Action, preaching, action, preaching, action, preaching. Five times it has back and forth. The first sermon is the Sermon on the Mount. The second sermon is chapter 10, where Jesus is preaching about the kingdom, I think. Uh, he sends out his disciples and so forth. Doing different miracles, and I think he does some famous miracles in there. It's got to be talking about a healing miracle, um, but I have a specific one. I, I think this is a section in Matthew chapter uh, 9 that's talking about how Jesus went from city to city healing the people. That's what I'm going with. And you're going to go for the win on the first try? Uh, for the win! For the win! You know what I should have done last time? I should have went, went ahead and, and taken a guess because I always have a second guess, right? So, man, I should. Yeah, I, right, right. I really played that. It's like getting two field goal tries. I might as well take one. Yeah, right. Anyway. You might as well take um, one. You know, this is, this is kind of a tricky one because it's in an introductory section, and the title to this introductory section is The Structure and Themes of Matthew Chapters 8 and 9. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give it to you. 500 points. Yeah! Woo! That's victory, okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm seeking revenge in the next game called uh, Name That Church Body. And, right. uh, uh, yeah. Hey, I again. did talk about, by the way, the structure of the whole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's when it got cut out. Audio audio loss okay um nice i do i guess first no you guess first don't you you want me to guess first yeah so I, i'll we'll keep the theme of pages for points why don't you pick a page pick a number between one and 500 403 oh that's an easy one okay work for you i thought it's yeah. oh man you you just you got me out of the encyclopedia section into the dictionary section so i'm not sure this is gonna oh, be um, okay i can guess again uh, that's okay. Try this. This is a thing. So this is more like a dictionary uh, thing, you know. I, but I think you can get this. This is the sacred pilgrimage to Mecca that Muslims are to perform at least once in a lifetime. The pilgrim customarily walks seven times around the Kaaba, Islam's main shrine located in Mecca. This act com uh, commemorates how Hagar searched for water to sustain Ishmael, who was cast out by Abraham into the desert. A visit to Mount Arafat and to the tomb of Muhammad at Medina 
are also solemn duties performed by a pilgrimage by a pilgrim on uh blank. Yeah. This is one of the pillars, I think. Mm, it is. Uh yeah, I know that they're supposed to do this um this pilgrimage to Mecca before they before they die. Um but I I don't know if I know I'm sure I'm sure when you say it, I'll be like, Oh yeah, I know that. Um glad we're not playing for any points on this one, right? This is yeah, like, we this, are. This is like practice round. This is like Okay, a... practice round. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give up. I don't know. It is the Hodge. The Hodge. Uh, the Hodge. Uh, well, couldn't get that one. Alright, I got a website here you can guess from. Okay. Um I only got one for you. I guess I can get another one during the break. All right, so these are the, some of the titles I have for you to uh, to consider. I have, um, um, well, okay, uh, membership, ordinances, divine healing, return of Christ, <clears throat> salvation, holy living. You want to hear more about any of those? Uh, yeah, I want to hear about ordinances. Ordinances. This is a dead giveaway, ordinances. All right. Uh. Okay, and then, oh man, this is gonna be a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Pick pick a number. <laughs> uh, one, two, or three. Three. Dang it. Okay, number three ah, yeah. is on foot washing. <laughs> John. Oh, I, don't I don't know who does this actually. The ordinance has been practiced by the church since it was first instituted by Christ. While not observed by all Christians, the ordinance is significant. The command of Christ in John 13 is accentuated by strong words. You also ought to wash one another's feet, and you also should do as I have done to you. Feet washing speaks to a basic human problem, pride. The disciples had been arguing about who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Although they had heard Christ teaching on that occasion— he now wanted to give them an unforgettable example. Rising from the table, he took a towel and basin and then knelt before each disciple to wash their feet. He then asked, Do you know what I have done to you? Jesus had broken their preconceived ideas of the greatness by humbling himself and doing the work of a servant. That's really interesting. Um, I think uh, th so. This is a tricky sort of thing because I, there's a couple of these kind of Protestant um, groups that'll take foot washing to be a sacrament or an ordinance. I guess it is there that makes it part of their worship. It seems like the it seems to me like the Seventh Day Adventists do this. Um, I don't know who, I, but I can't remember that for sure, and I don't know who else do, does it. So I'm gonna have to go for something else. Okay. Um, what are you looking at? You want to go back? Um, you want you want to hear another ordinance, or do you want to? No, I better hear. Um, what were some, what were some of the other major topics? Salvation, holy living, membership, divine healing, return of Christ. Hmm. Let's do return of Christ, and then I think maybe membership. Okay, we're gonna do the return of Christ from this mysterious church body, and see if Pastor Wilner can guess it after this break, and. Uh, uh, do I get another shot at another church oh, party? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to give it another shot. Well, you're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we're playing Name That Church Body. Don't go away. We'll continue the game right after this. And you can take the break to visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. Only dance, only dance. 
a way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and we are playing the game Name That Church Body. So far, Pastor Wolfmuller has heard one entry of this church body's belief, that is, the belief on ordinances that included the ordinance of foot washing. And he's looking for a, a clue in the second line on the return of Christ. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It says, Jesus said, I will go prepare a place for you and will come again, will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be, John 14. Jesus is coming again. The sin will be ultimately defeated. Sickness, sorrow, and death will be no more. Wrongs will be made right, justice will be handed down, and Christ will rule in love and mercy. Christ's return is the blessed hope of Christians, both past and present. More than Christian optimism or a feel-good faith, it is our hope for this life and the life to come. For if if this life only we have hoped in Christ, we of all people, um, we of of all people most to be pitied. Did I read that right? If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we of all people must most to be pitied. That's First Corinthians taken missing out of an, context. <laughs> missing Holy an cow. R there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, uh, I'll continue. Uh, there, 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 there's more here. Oh, okay, I, good. I, I, I want to give you the, the whole chunk of it. Uh, believing that Christ would return inspired the first Christians to purify themselves just as he is pure. Jesus told them, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son of God, but only the Father. He said he would return in an unexpected hour because we do not know when Christ will come. The question now, uh, as then, is when? And then I'll just jump down to this next part. Our hope is not found in false preachers who attempt to uh, interpret prophecy. Our hope is in Christ. Two events must take place before his return. Number one, a falling away of the faithful, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day uh, will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And number two, the second thing that must uh, take place before his return, the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth. Uh, Matthew 24 and Mark 13, and this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Hmm. That's interesting. They're not doubling down on on predesti- on uh, on uh, premillennialism. Uh, there's no hint of dispensationalism there. At least I didn't hear it. Um, that's so. This uh, now, now here, there, there's a, a couple other things that are confusing about this. One is it's written in a pretty casual style, so I think this is going to be like a church, a singular church, not a church body, but a church website. I think just in the way that it's written, some, you know, it seems that way to me. And yet, it's not. It's not atheological, but neither is it a particularly um, kind of. It doesn't sh- kind of show an awareness of the language of the church. Uh, so. I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards evangelicalism, although they had the foot washing in there. I want to get one more category before I guess, okay. before the listener and I uh, hazard a wager. Okay. 
Uh, what was it? What was the other one that was sounded interesting? Did uh, they have a Salvation membership? Holy Living membership? Is that the one you want? Membership, membership. Yeah. Okay, membership coming right up. Um. Oh yeah, this is interesting. Okay, so uh, who is the head of the church? And it says God the Father made Christ the head of the of the body, the church. Through the Holy Spirit, he carries out God's purpose and mission for his people. The Christian community is ultimately governed by Christ rather than a pastor, priest, or uh, something else. All authority and power are in Christ. Now it says, who are the members of the church? The church is made up of everyone who professes faith in Christ. The New Testament often refers to Christians as brothers and sisters because they are a spiritual family with God as their father. They're individually different, yet they work together in harmony, Romans 12. As family members, they share in one another's burdens, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep, 1 Corinthians 12. Rather than a creed or disciple, God's love binds the members together. As the cornerstone, Ephesians 2, Christ maintains the unity of believers, Ephesians 4. Christian unity leaves no room for preferential treatment, age discrimination, or racial prejudice, for we are equal members of the household of faith, Galatians 3. Mm. Now that is really bland, except for two things stick out to me. <laughs> One is you skipped a word. Uh, you said it's not a matter of prophets. Uh, no, of it's not. The head of the church is not pastors, priests, or something else. And you, I think that was intentional. I think that was a giveaway word that you skipped. Am I on to you? No. <laughs> and then know. also, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I just know what the word is. <laughs> my my reading inability was was the was the giveaway. Oh, okay. And I, but and then it said uh, also this ra racial preference thing. That now this is seen. Oh, hold on. Um, uh, about the racism stuff. Is uh, is our friends the Mormons? Uh, they because you know for a while the mark of Cain meant being an African American, you know, so they were pretty. Uh, so I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards saying that this is a local Mormon congregation. That's going to be my guess. I'm going to throw that out there and see. Final answer. Yeah. Uh, nope. Um, hmm. This is actually the Church of God church body. Hmm. Church of God. That's who does the foot washing, huh? Yeah, they do the foot washing. And um, another another thing that that uh, stuck out there. I'm trying to find it here. Um, yeah, you kind of we're kind of onto it with the um, who are the members, and so we're not going to let age discrimination, racial racial prejudice, um, and uh, I mean th this was interesting where it says. That the, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, rather than a creed or discipline, God's love binds the members together. So it's not creed. In other words, it's not what you believe that binds us together. It's God's yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm willing to be corrected. I think that the uh, churches that are in the church body of the Church of God tend to be more on the liberal side and uh, tend to be kind of, all welcoming, kind of the rainbow flag type churches. Do you know that mm. to be true? Mm -mm. I don't know. I hardly know anything about the Church of God. Um, so if uh, if I'm not, but that doesn't mean I can't learn it all in a couple of minutes on Google. Here. <laughs> all right, you learn it all. 
Um, but but I think that that's something you're going to find. And so we're not going to focus. I mean, this is kind of similar to how the ecumenical movement wants to tie churches together, but they don't want to do it on the basis of doctrine, on the basis of theology. But we'll just be loving with one another. And so um, they're going to say, uh, it doesn't matter what you believe. Um, what matters is that... Um, that that we all that God loves us all. Now that isn't what Saint Paul said when he wrote to the Christians in Galatia. He doesn't say, um, "Oh wise Galatians who know the love of God." <laughs> he says, "Oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you to believe in another gospel." That right. if even another, uh, if an angel from heaven comes to preach another gospel, let him be anathema. And the 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 teaching that we're accepted apart from repentance. Uh, apart from belief in Christ, uh, apart from the doctrines which have been delivered to us from the very beginning in the Scriptures, um, that is another gospel. Yep. That's right. I'm looking at the Church of God. Is it is there a difference between the Church of God and the Church of God in Christ? Because here's Church of God looks like just like plain old Pentecostals. Probably. So um, it's interesting that whenever the Church of God was mentioned in these little pamphlets I was reading— it put it said Anderson, Indiana, after Church of God. So this is the hmm. Church of God that's based out of Anderson, Indiana. Hmm. Interesting. I got to look this up because I. Hmm. Because there's a Church of God in Christ, which is a Black Pentecostal denomination. Yeah, I don't think that's what this is. Huh. Interesting. Okay, you want one more? Yes, I'm gonna go with page number forty-nine. Okay. In the A's, let's see here. Nope, in the C Oh, boy. We've done this before. This is crazy nonsense. Okay, uh, you got a couple topics. God, Christ, Holy Spirit, humanity, or immortality. Well, let's hear immortality first. We've got to be really quick here. The idea is the soul immortal is, for Christ these guys, an unbiblical and pagan notion. <laughs> immortality is reserved for the future and will occur for the righteous only. It's a gift for those who obey what God has commanded in his law. Therefore, life is terminated at death and is restored only at the time of resurrection and the final judgment. Those granted immortality shall live with God eternally while unbelievers right, will remain eternally let's, dead. Let's hear about Christ. Go. Jesus is the Son of God and Son of Man who was born of a virgin mother by the operation of the Holy Spirit. It was through Christ, they say, that the Father was revealed. The work of Christ consisted in his dying to atone for sin and then in his rising from the dead in order to make such forgiveness both possible and complete. There is little to contrast here with Christian orthodoxy except for the a doctrine of the person of Christ in keeping with the rejection of the doctrine of the Trinity. Okay, these guys do not recognize Jesus as being God. Oh, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad you didn't stop when I told you to. <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know. I got 20 seconds, and I, I don't really have, I don't know. So they don't recognize Jesus as being God. Um, uh, and and yet a lot of that would sound good-ish, but I, th I think that there's something you're going to find when you uncover the meaning of those terms. Um, so ironically, even though you guessed it, I'm going to guess, guess Mormon. This is Christadelphianism. Oh, of course. Boy, I still don't <laughs> learn the same old things. <laughs> All Christadelphianism. Right. That's it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like me trying to guess where the Lord's Prayer is in the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, good gravy. Thanks good for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. 
Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.